Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Two Angry Gamers Podcast. Cuz, just Adam and I this week. How's it going, Adam? Doing pretty well. Two two angry nerds, though, not gamers. Gamers is the next one. Did I say angry gamers? I think so, yeah. It's all just one big podcast to me. Um, Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the movie news, that's not video games. As much as I love talking video games, that's, that's next week. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there, there's some big announcements this week, there's some big stuff, <laughs> James Gunn just decided to break the internet with his, uh, announcements and all of that, we'll get to that in a bit, but, there's other stuff too, so, yeah, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll just start right off with, uh, the Fantastic Four, once again, this Fantastic Four movie, they have been, uh, casting it now for a while. We've been hearing a ton of rumors as to who's playing uh, the various roles in the um, movie. Uh, and probably the most uh, rumors have been circulating around Mr. Fantastic himself, Reed Richards. Uh, we've heard names from Ryan Gosling to Adam Driver, um, Diego Luna, and now you got another name in the mix, and that's Deb Patel, which is a fan favorite, I think. I've been seeing people online casting him mm-hmm. a lot in their minds, putting him in there, and I'm like, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not gonna bad, but <laughs> yeah, I could see it. So give him a little touch of gray. Yeah. I wonder if he'd have the long hair though. Yeah, they probably have to grow his hair out a little bit. <laughs> but you know, he kind of looks like Adam Driver a little bit too. With the hair and the goatee. Yeah, like they have similar facial structures. Um, yeah. And I also <clears throat> I do like that like they're going for like different ethnic backgrounds for Reed. Like it's not just like, oh let's put in a white dude. Like mm-hmm. you know, Diego Luna, Hispanic and Dad Patel, like they're kinda of going for people of different backgrounds, I think that's cool. Um you know, they obviously did that with the last Fantastic Four movie with um, an African-American human torch. Uh, I don't think people really responded to that that well, but that also was probably just the fact that the movie was not that good either. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to this, but at this point, I'm like, I just want to find out who's playing. I'm like, we've had so many rumors, and I don't know who to believe anymore. Um I've heard from people, like, in the know, uh, who have said that it's, yeah, it's <clears throat> most likely a Star Wars actor, which I think to me points to, like, either Diego Luna or Adam Driver. So, I guess, personally, based on what I've heard from some people, like, that's probably what it will be, but I don't know. I don't know. Could be anybody. Could be me. You know, I can agree. I could really see Diego Luna now that you mentioned that. Yeah. I don't know if people will, if like, like that's obviously probably not the fan favorite choice, but I could, I, I don't know, I could see it work. Yeah. It's always worth noting too that like Disney is the kind of company where they love to work with the actors that they've worked with before, especially ones that work well with them. So, like Adam Driver and Diego Luna, they've worked with Disney before on Star Wars projects. So, I don't know. 
it's it's not like a obvious like slam dunk, but I think it's like oh, they've worked with him before. Yet to tell, I don't think Disney's worked with him before. I could be wrong. Maybe he's done like some I don't know remake or something. I don't know, but yeah, I think I think if I had to guess, it probably would be Diego Luna or Adam Driver, both of which are great choices. I say all these are great choices too. I'm not saying that Depotalism, but yeah, I'm just like let's just find out. Let's just cast this movie and we can start getting on to pre-production and we can finally get a good Fantastic Four movie because Lord knows we haven't had one for quite some time. Actually, no, we don't think we've ever had a good Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I was a kid watching the originals, I thought they were good, but. <laughs> If yeah. I were to rewatch them now, it would probably be like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched the, the the first one, and, and I'm like, all of these actors are just awful. Like, Jessica Alba in particular, like, she's just so bad. Um, there are points in the first movie that I do like. Like, I do like the final fight in the first movie. But there are some moments in that movie that are actually quite noteworthy. But, yeah, for the most part, it's forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Star Wars Visions Volume 2 coming on May the 4th, so got a few more months, well, three or four more, more months for that. Um, yeah, it's going to highlight animation studios from across the globe, including the people that work on Wallace and Gromit, which I think is just hilarious. I want Wallace and Gromit as Jedi Knights. Please do. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> now I need it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did. You watch Star Wars Visions? I I did. Yeah, and I I quite enjoyed uh, the first season for the most part. Um, I think it was just animation studios from Japan though. This um, so it's interesting to hear this time around. It's going to be kind of animation from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I quite liked the anime style. I, I think that really suits Star Wars. Um, but I do hope they keep some of that. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't know, hearing, like, Walt and Gromit stuff, I wonder if they're going to do, like, the like claymation kind of things, or, like, or 3D stuff, but... It's the middle yeah, of the I don't know. Walt and Gromit as Jedi. Gromit! You're going to have, like, those melds. All the melds are kind of sideways. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, what, do you, what is your creative take on the Star Wars universe? And they're like, they just write Walt and Gromit plus... Lightsabers and they're like salt. That's, that's all we needed. You can get a chicken, chicken run Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I think. Oh, um, I'm looking it up in the email that Disney sent out. They actually did announce what studios are working on which. And the Wallace and Grandma people are working on a short called I Am Your Mother. So. Mm-hmm. Is this a play on the I'm your father type of thing? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's probably not walking around with lightsabers as much as so it'll probably just be the easiest route. But. Uh, yeah, probably May 4th. I don't know. I don't. I personally don't think Visions is like this big ground breaking thing. Like, it's cool, sure, but it's not going to like make or break my Star Wars fandom in 2023. But. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to have projects that are like not about the Skywalkers and just kind of these random stories from around the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of like that. They can just be their own little short stories of, you know, just whatever characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Disney, uh, Hulu orders a new King of the Hill revival series. Tell about it. I'm very happy with this. Um, King of the Hill is one of my favorite animated series, probably in the top, I would say top five at least for me, of animated series of all time, so um, I'm excited for this. I I'm really am curious what the take on this is going to be. Um, they bring, they're bringing back the full creative team from the first iteration of the show, um, and Greg Daniels, who also worked on The Office, uh, mentioned that there will be a time jump, so that's all we know really at this point. Like, do you jump to Bobby being a father now, and like Hank's a grandparent, and now he's got to deal with all that shit? Like, I don't know. I'm really curious what the what they're 
full plan is for this revival, but did you ever watch King of the Hill or are you excited for this at all? You know, I never really got into King of the Hill. Like, I'd, I'd only really seen the off episode. Um, I don't know, I was more of a Futurama or South Park kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but King of, yeah, I don't know, I never, never really got into King of the Hill, but nothing against it, I just, yeah, just never found the time, I guess. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, we don't know when that's coming, but yeah, that's been like off and on for years. Like, there's been talks of them working on a revival. We didn't know what the situation was, but yeah. Come to Hulu. Well, Disney Plus here in Canada, which is nice. We don't have separate Hulu. It's always one service for us, but yeah. Uh, are you ready for the Super Bowl, Adam? Ready for the, the big game? You know, not a football fan either. <laughs> <laughs> I guess us, I don't know, us in Canada, the whole Super Bowl football, it's not, it's not like, not a big event that it is down south, you know? No, no. I mean, I think sometimes when Seattle gets in there, we get a little excited just because of proximity, but yeah, like, yeah, it's more of a niche thing here in Canada, but, uh, you know, it's the one thing that always comes from these games that everyone gets, at least, at least in our little sect of, uh, of the world. We get excited for us the trailers, obviously, like big trailer reveals, stuff that you've been waiting to see for a while. Uh, the Flash, Eddie Muschietti's take on uh, The Flash, which um, we know is going to be a big reset for the DC Universe, more on that after this, but uh, that we're getting our first trailer for during the Super Bowl, so I'm excited to finally get to see what The Flash is all about. It's been in development for, I'm going to say, almost 10 years now. It's been like... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, cause I want to say, like, it was in development even before they cast Ezra Miller. It's been in development for yeah. such a long time. Different producers and directors and other talent attached. And now, I I think I literally have said on this podcast multiple times, I'll believe it when a trailer is up. So, I, I have to believe it now because we're getting a trailer. So. Yeah, yeah. I just finally want to see a proper full-length trailer, I mean, considering... <laughs> How close this is to coming out, and how long it's been in development. Just show it, and the, and the last teaser one that was really not sold. So, I mean, some of the Michael Keaton stuff got me a little hyped and nostalgic, but I don't know. I don't know. I just want to see what this movie looks like. And I'm so curious about what the, the Keaton stuff is going to be because, like, I think the Keaton stuff was all pre uh, DC Warner Brothers buyout. Uh, from Discovery, so I don't know, I have a feeling, this is just me, and I, I, I could be wrong, this is not me knowing some of this, this is me just speculating, I think Keaton is out of this movie. No, no, they're gonna keep him. Yeah. They have. Well, I, I just, I've seen, uh, like, toys and merchandise, like, they have, like, Keaton action figures and Keaton, uh, Funko Pops, like, from, from the Flash movie. Oh, okay. So, I have to imagine he's still in it. And one of the Flash's suits is also like, uh, like a like a refurbished like Keaton bat suit. Okay. So, I, I I have to imagine to keep him in. I mean. Yeah, it's just because I, I know. Cut down a few scenes, but. Yeah, because like I know obviously he was gonna be a big part of Batgirl. Um, he was gonna yeah. be that Batgirl canceled, and then he was supposed to be an Aquaman too, and then that got seemingly. Uh, cut out. There's rumors that, like, yeah, that version of um, of Batman isn't it, but then maybe Ben Affleck is. Well, we, we don't know. That's why I was like, I don't know. They may just yeah. be like, this is the, the the only movie that we have with Keaton in it, kind of. But now that I've said it, I've realized that, like, I think he's very integral to the story of The Flash, so I don't know if they can necessarily do it, but I, I do wonder if maybe by the end of it they might just send him back to his timeline and be like, bye-bye. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I think is going to happen, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be like Spider-Man No Way Home, where, like, you know, they bring back these actors for the movie, and then at the end they all just, you know, fade off into the sunset, and it's like, you know, and that's it kind of thing. Like, I don't, I think, yeah, the original plan was to keep Keenan around to kind of replace Ben Affleck, to then be replaced by Batgirl, mm-hmm. but, um... Uh, I think they're just going to kind of keep him for this movie, and then, you know, we're obviously we're going to get a new Batman and everything with the new James Gunn Slate. Yeah. So. Speaking of the new Slate, James Gunn oh, told, told fans, you know what, in January we're going to tell you what we got. 
literally that's been waiting all fucking January and literally it was like the last day of January like here you go it's like dude should have just told people February and then you would have at least like got people um you know go down people a little more excited so I don't know how they did it questionable but hey you know what they ended up bringing bringing the slate um I don't know. I thought it was very interesting too that it like it was pretty much just like James got on Twitter just posting a video and he's like, I'm gonna tell you about the slate. It, was, it felt very casual for something that is like this is like the next I don't know, I wanna say two, three years, maybe more, of D C movies. I think they said something like they're aiming to have like two two movies and two shows a year. So mm-hmm. From the ten million now, it's like yeah, I think maybe they got like maybe two, three years out of all of it. But yeah, yeah, I, I was expecting maybe at least some logos, because I know that's the thing Marvel always does—they just give you the logo for the movie in mm-hmm. the tentative title. Um, but I will say I was happy that they they uh, they plugged the comics, and they mm-hmm. for each title they did kind of say you know this is the comic or the graphic novel that is like you know kind of the main inspiration for this project. Um, I like that they did that, and if you look on Amazon right now, like, all the top three to five books are, like, all the comics that James Gunn talked about, and they're all sold out, so. Yeah. It was really good marketing on part of DC. <laughs> so. Anywho. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, what did they announce? Well, it's called The Gods and Monsters Saga, so that's the name of this. You know, like, Marvel does phases. They do their phase one, phase two, etc. This is sagas, which I think is good. It, similarly to Marvel, kind of gives people this idea that this is, like, a separate little thing within this universe. Like, this is a little finite set of stories. But at the same time, too, I think it's a little more exciting than just being like, this is phase one, which sounds like something like, oh, like how I'm tell you. Uh, you know, Gods and Monsters saga, yeah, it sounds a little more exciting. So, good on James Gunn for at least labeling this something a little bit more exciting than just phase one. Um, but, the first title, and this kind of got leaked already because uh, due to Henry Cavill's exit from uh, Warner Brothers DC, they kind of had to talk about this, but Superman Legacy, we finally have a title. Yeah. Um, that was the first kind of big movie that they talked about. I think that's the first movie we're getting to. Because I think how they mentioned it is like Shazam 2 is still coming, uh, coming along as is. Uh, the Flash... And then you've got, um, there's Aquaman. Aquaman 2. They did announce that, like, uh, yeah, I didn't put this in the news, but I'll just mention it now that they did mention that the Batman Part 2 will be coming to 2025, I believe, October 3rd, I want to say. I could be wrong. It's the same year as uh, the Superman movie. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I know. I know it's like kind of funny, like this big slate reveal, and then they just slid in, like, "Hey, yeah, you're gonna your Batman Part 2. I did like too that they did at least say, like, "Hey, these are gonna be movies we release, but they're not gonna be a part of our story that we're telling. Like, they're gonna be labeled as like Elseworld stories." And I'm like, "That's cool. Do that. Like, yeah, make it where yeah. like you can still have room for these other stories. They just they're not gonna. You've clearly labeled it like they're not gonna impact the rest of the stories. Like." Pattinson Batman is not going to be the mainline Batman. It's just a little story they're telling. So, yes, yeah, I'm very happy they made that like clear for people in general audiences. Mm-hmm. Then we get finally put to bed all these rumors. Like, you know, is Robert Pattinson gonna, you know, replace Ben Affleck or yeah, he's gonna be the new DC Super. It's like, no, this is clearly like a more grounded Batman. It's not. It's not gonna be all this science fiction and magic and all this stuff. So. Which is good because like the more I think about it, I don't want Pattinson taking on a Superman or whatever else. Like, I like the little niche they've carved out for that character. So, yeah. But uh, Superman Legacy, we don't know too much. Um, I think there's been some like just talk of it being not an origin story, so taking place like I would say probably I would assume similarly to the Batman, where like. He's been a superhero for a while, but maybe quite hasn't, like, come to terms with his, like, legacy. So, I don't know. I think that's probably it. It's probably going to be, like, a year or two situation for Superman. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think um, there's going to be, 
Like, this will be, as I understand it, I think this will be a world where there's already other superheroes existing. Okay. So, that would like, make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's uh, a contrast to Man of Steel, where he was kind of, like, you know, afraid of, like, revealing himself and the, the world finding out about his powers. I think this will be more, like, like he has no problem with that, you know? He just kind of is Superman. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I don't. I'm still fuzzy on how the whole transition is going to happen from the Flash to this. Like, if it's going to like kind of just soft reboot it, or it's just going to go into like total total reboot, and then this is like the first thing of the reboot. Mm-hmm. Or like, like, I don't know if like is Blue Beetle going to like be a character that exists in the new DCU? I. <laughs> it was interesting that during the reveal, James Gunn did mention that uh, Blue Beetle was a quote unquote DCU hero. So, I think right. that tells me that like. They've wa- they've seen Blue Beetle and go yeah he can be in, in our universe so okay not be some characters kind of around yeah I, I have to imagine like I you know say what you will about personal opinion on the different movies and whatnot but like you know I'm sure they're looking at some of these movies and going like some of these can work in our universe like what's the point of them canceling or doing a one off Blue Beetle movie and then just doing another one years later right like if the cast and the crew they got for the one working now is working, just lump it in and say it's DCU, and then you can, you know, build it from there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they still haven't cast uh, Superman for this new Superman legacy, but uh, they're going younger, so, unfortunately, that does mean Henry Cavill is, is, is no more. Which is a shame. I feel like he never quite got the most fairish shake at being Superman. Um, you know, just like, Man of Steel is what it is, but I was excited. I, I did want to see a sequel to that, and then the sequel was just so jam-packed with, like, Batman and all these other characters and all this other stuff. And, the, you know, from a certain level, sure, that's nice, but then, like, I never really felt like we got, like, an interesting character piece on Henry Cavill Superman, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. I wish we could have got at least one other solo Superman movie, but, I mean, the studio made a lot of mistakes. They tried to set up a lot too much too fast, and... We all know the story, and and then he was, yeah, he kind of, it's unfortunate, he kind of chose the wrong team, banking on Black Adam and, you know, the Garcias and the Dwayne Johnson side of things, and mm-hmm. it sounds like that's not something that James Gunn is going to continue with, so, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, no more Henry Cavill. I, I don't know if, like, they'll do a Elseworld story continuation of Black Adam, but I kind of feel like they won't. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe if they do some, uh, I don't know, like a Crisis on Infinite Earths kind of like, like multiverse like crossover event, like they could have Henry Cavill just cameo and come back, but that'd probably be the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I made my peace with it. It's fine. It's yeah. A new leaf. Yeah. Onto, mm-hmm. onto, onto new things. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Brave and the Bold. Uh, so, a new Batman, um, and this one seems to be a pretty faithful adaptation of the Grant Morrison comic, which brought in Damian Wayne, um, interestingly, Gunn made comments about the Bat family, and that, I think, is a little interesting, um, I, I still haven't decided on what it all means, like, it could, could it just be that, like, he's alluding to Damien and Batman starting their own little mini Bat family, or does that mean that, like, in this universe, Robin and Red Hood and Batgirl, possibly, like, they all already exist in this universe? Nightwing? Like, I think it'd be interesting if you pick up and Batman's already got these people in that universe, and you can just kind of build it from there. I'd be kind of curious what they do with that, but... I think that's where they're going. Mm -hmm. Um... It was very surprising to hear, like, you're starting with Damien. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. But I think, yeah, when he says Bat Family, to me, that at least means uh, Nightwing and Batgirl. I think those two are, like, already existing. Um, We might get some flashbacks to explain, you know, kind of who they are, but they're they're not going to do the whole origin story setup for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this I don't think Red Hood is there but I think this sets up Red Hood I think I could easily yeah. see them referring like there could just be like one of the costumes in the Batcave you know and like Damien's like who's, who's that you know who did that belong to and 
you know, Bruce is like, a, you know, I don't know, maybe someone says something like that was, a, you know, a dark history or something, you know, they just kind of allude to it. Um, yeah. And then the sequel to this movie could easily be the whole, like, you know, like the Under the Red Hood story of, like, the return of Jason Todd kind of thing. Yeah, because I, I think that's something I would be, I would like to see. And, like, I also think, too, like, it would be smart for them to bring back Leslie Grace's back girl if they're going to do that, like... Whatever happened with that movie, I don't know, it sounds like a fucking gong show, but, like, I think it would be good for them to bring back Leslie Grace <clears throat> to at least play Batgirl in whatever iteration of of this new Batman they do. So, I mean, not saying they have to, but I'm just saying, like, it would just, it would be good. I think the fans would be happy to, if, like, they were like, yeah, we, we obviously kind of fucked over Batgirl, but, like, we're going to bring back Leslie Grace and, you know, that, that'll make yeah. it a little better. Um, yeah, I can see that. But yeah, I, I'm just, I, I think that would be an interesting take in having some of the Bat Family already exist in this universe because that's just something we haven't ever seen in live action yet. Like, yeah, I mean, The Dark Knight Rises had uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but he never put on a, a suit or anything. And um, I mean, I guess you cut out a little bit of that in that in one of the '90s Batman movies, but I don't think that really counts. <laughs> with Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah. And the lift of no, Lucy but, Silverstone. I, like, oh, yeah, that's right. She was Batgirl, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, there's so much potential to the Bat family, and it hasn't been done, really, in, in live action. Um, and I, I think this is a smart way to do it, to just kind of jump ahead with Damien. Like, you have a Batman who's, I guess, they're probably in his 30s. Um, you know, if he, has, he's, if he has a 15-year-old son running around here. Um, and so, and you just kind of have the Bat family already be established, and then just fill in the gaps with flashbacks if you need to. But I think I think that's the smartest way to do it. And you know, let's just let's just get to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I would guess they're probably like mid thirties, early forties, something like that, to realistically explain why you have like yeah a young son, and also too like if you're gonna have Nightwing be like a young adult too, like kind of yeah. some time for that too. So. Um, this would be really interesting. Like, just if if I'm just thinking too, if if the Batman Part Two also does a Robin with like a young Dick Grayson, and then that could be kind of really cool. Like, just alongside this, like even though they're different universes, you kind of you see that version of Robin, and then in this one we have all the other Robins that are kind of older, different Bat family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Also, too, interestingly, Dave Bautista did mention that he was turned down for the role of Bane in Gunn's new DCU. Like, he asked James Gunn, because he's been asking Warren Brothers leadership for years to be playing Bane. And since James Gunn and him are pretty close, he thought he would ask James Gunn if he could play Bane, because why not? And then Gunn basically told him, like, he needs someone younger and fresher. So... Mm. I wonder if, like, that maybe tells us that maybe Bane will be the villain in this, or at least one of the villains, maybe not the primary antagonist, but, like, maybe the secondary antagonist. Um, so that could be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Could just be that he was just being polite to Dave, but he's just be like, Dave, Dave, it's okay. We need something younger. But... <laughs> yeah, he's getting old. Yeah. I guess they're going younger with all the villains then, too. And... Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Or at least for, for some of them, like, yeah, Bane, I think you naturally have to, like, do someone that's, like, not, not, like, like, I think David East is, like, pushing, like, 40, 60 or something like that, like, he's getting quite old. Oh, really? He's, yeah, he's 54 years old, he's almost... Holy crap. Yeah. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, yeah I mean, he looks yeah. relatively young for his age, but he's, he's getting up yeah. there. Yeah, okay, yeah, they need someone, like, they need people who can play these characters for, like, the next 10 years or so, so... Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they announced Swamp Thing, so that's what's happening. Interestingly, though, James Gunn did say that this character, uh, the, well, the movie would not technically be in the DCU, but would feed into it. So I don't know what the fuck that means. My running theory is that we're getting a Justice League Dark, because we haven't heard yes. much. But it's... it's Interesting that we have, that there was the talk of, um, what's his name, John Wick? Keanu Reeves, oh, coming back to play Constantine, right? Yeah. And 
that we I don't we that was never mentioned in this in this, but we now have Swamp Thing. So I could see Swamp Thing being its own thing, but it feeds into a Justice League Dark with Keanu Reeves as Constantine, something like that. So I don't know. I would love that. I mean, yeah, there's so many great characters there. Like you could do Satana, yeah, do Etrigan, like yeah, and have Swamp Thing. I think he'll be existing in the same world as this Justice League, but he'll just, you know, he'll obviously be far off in some swamp or forest that, you know, no one's around kind of thing. Or, But, um, he'll, yeah, he'll probably pop up to interact, I think, with, with uh, like the other characters in, in different projects. But, yeah, they could kind of easily build out their own kind of Justice League dark kind of corner of this universe. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. And I think that's kind of plays James Gunn's sensibilities, and I think he kind of likes the off-kilter team-ups and characters, like, you look at the Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I could totally see Justice League Dark playing to what he kind of likes flavor-wise from, from movies and whatnot. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's not obviously a clear indication, but I think if you read between the lines, it's interesting, because, yeah, we do know that we're getting a new Constantine movie. I must say they've silently canceled it, but... I kind of doubt it. Um, I don't also, see that happening. Yeah. No. <clears throat> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. James, uh, James Mangold is currently being hired to be the director. I put that in the notes as a separate thing. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah, would, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I really hope he does it. Because, um, yeah, if it's anything like Logan. Um, and they also said this one's going to be very much more horror. Um, and I, I wonder if that means it's going to get an R rating. Um, yeah, but uh, if it's like a very horror-esque kind of movie, um, with James Mangold, I mean, yeah, that could be amazing. I know James Gunn has said that like not every one of these stories will be like PG thirteen. Like some of them will be rated mm-hmm. R, which makes sense. Yeah, I love that. I love that the new DC is willing to do some R rated projects. So, and, I mean, Gunn's you know Suicide Squad was rated R and. It, it, uh, yeah, I get more projects like that, and I think that's, I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not every single project needs to be a kid-friendly project. No. Um, the Authority was also announced. <clears throat> that's also something that could be R-rated too, because it's yeah. the team that uses like extreme methods to exact revenge and exact not justice. So kind of fits totally with like something like the boys. Or even the Suicide Squad to a certain degree, um, like stuff like Invincible as well, where it's very violent. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because like <clears throat> the Authority is not like quite DC proper. It's kind of like off in this little sub brand within DC. But mm-hmm. um, James Gunn's obviously bringing it to the forefront. So this was the biggest surprise for me out of the whole slate. To be honest, I never really heard about the Authority. Like. Vaguely knew about it, but never read any of the comics or anything. Yeah. Um, it didn't really make sense to me at first. Um, as to why they like include these characters, but I thought back to the whole thing about with the Kingdom Come imagery, and, and, and James Gunn teasing that, and that kind of totally makes sense for me now. Because mm-hmm. in Kingdom Come, like the whole story is kind of about uh, well, Superman coming out of retirement because and there's there's kind of this superheroes of the day are kind of using extreme methods and are, you know, they're blurring the lines a little too much morally, and he kind of comes back and is like this, you know, bringing back this this clear sense of truth and justice. Um, and I could definitely see that same kind of dynamic between, you know, this authority that's existing and then maybe Superman and the Justice League forming and kind of having the two of them kind of facing off each other in this new universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could really picture that, and I could, I could see that working pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Supergirl coming up tomorrow, which is based off the Tom King comics, which, uh, if you've read those comics, like, Supergirl from that, I actually just, like, I picked up the comic to read when I scouted out, so I'm like, man, like, it's a version of the character that's very much more harsh, less restrained, more fucked up, really, and, um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see that version of the character because it's not a Supergirl that's very pure and very, you know, like, just like Superman. Like, she's a lot more unrestrained in her methods, so. 
Yeah. Got a place of those things. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, that's that's one book I haven't read yet that I I I need to pick it up. I've heard great things about it. Yeah. Um, Waller. Uh, I I mean, Viola Davis has returned. I don't know if that means that they're going to try to find a way to retcon the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker into being a part of the DCU, but possibly. Um, I mean, James Gunn worked on those projects, so would would make sense. Um. But yeah, we don't know too much about it, but um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, one of the creators from the Watchmen show, that was really good. So I think expectations are higher for this one. Is it the same showrunner <clears throat> as Watchmen? Or is she just like producing or writing? I think it's the same showrunner as, as Watchmen, and that oh, show was okay. phenomenal. So Yeah, that could be a killer, killer lineup there. Oh. Yeah, I'm just looking it up to confirm. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it should be good. I can't really. There's big long articles, and I don't have time to read yeah. <laughs> But yeah. <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully, we get uh, some more information on any like Suicide Squad or Peacemaker characters. Uh, there was the Creature Commandos, I'm a little jumping ahead a little bit, but like that showed off um, Weasel. So, mm-hmm. Weasel we obviously saw in the Suicide Squad. So, I have a feeling that like some of those Suicide Squad Peacemaker characters will pop up again. But we'll see. Yeah. I like um, that you said too, the same actors are gonna that play these characters, they'll be voicing them in animation, like yeah. the Creature Commando. Yeah. Um, so, it's like, um, you know, his friend Sean there is coming back as Weasel. Uh, yeah, well, and, uh, yeah, and that's good too because I think it just makes it less, like, less of a differentiation. Like, you don't have someone's voice being different in animation. You're like, that's clearly not the same person. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, and I saw in like the still they put out there was Rick Flake Senior. So I think yeah, I think there's a good chance that we get Suicide Squad and Peacemaker retconned into this. Interest would be interesting to see if they bring back Margaret Robbie's um, uh, Harley Quinn, just because. Like, yeah. I don't know. I can see them doing that, but I can also see them doing something different. But I, I like her as Harley Quinn. I would like to see her stick around. Um, there's also Lanterns, which has been described as being akin to True Detective, so it's going to be them investigating some kind of crime or something. Um, yeah, I said in my write-up on that hashtag show, I said, pretty much anything will be an improvement over the 2011 film, so, <laughs> the bar is so low, like, you, you'd have to be blind and drunk to miss the, miss the, miss the mark, but, yeah. it's, uh, I wonder if Sinestro will pop up, because he's such an iconic Green Lantern villain, um, I could, I could, I would like to see Sinestro, I don't know. I know there's other yeah. Green Lantern villains, but so that's what would be good. Well, definitely, probably pop up at some point in the in the future. I don't know if it'll be in the first season of the show, um, mm-hmm. or whether even this these characters continue as a show, or maybe they do a, a movie next or something. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm very excited for this. I think I think the Green Lanterns is another one, like another property that there's just so much potential there that hasn't been utilized. Um, so many characters and different things you can do. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for this, yeah. And Hal Jordan, John Stewart, do the whole buddy cop thing. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard not to fuck this up, so. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they don't, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Uh, and then Booster Cold. Uh, this has been a long-requested fan favorite, so I think uh, people yes. have been looking forward to this one for a while. It was good. Um, I think you wrote to like Chris Pratt as Booster Gold. Yeah. Perfect. I I I don't know. I'm just saying. You know, he said that MCU actors could pop up in the DCU too. I'm just thinking for me, Chris Pratt would be a, a very good choice for Booster Gold. I I think. Totally see it. Yeah. So. Because he's kind of a clumsy, like a little bit of a buffoon, you know. Yeah. He's from the he's a guy from the future who just uses he comes back in time using technology of his day to try to just 
you know, be a superhero and like write himself in the history books and you can totally see Chris Pratt as that kind of like I mean Star Lord's kind of the same kind of like, you know, faking it till he makes it kind of thing. Yes. Um and Booster Gold's kind of the same way there and yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm. I'd be interested to see like what happens in Guardians Three and like what that actor's availability in the MCU is after this because if he's killed off in Guardians Three, maybe 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 <laughs> Maybe James Gunn just kills him off just so he can use him in DC. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm going to be watching Guardians 3 very closely just to see who gets killed off. Well, we know that Dave Bautista's not coming back, so whether he gets killed off or not, I'm assuming he gets so, but Guardians 3, I'm very excited to see. if it, I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but it, now I've got this extra uh, investment in, like, who's he going to kill off that he could then bring into the DCU, so... Okay, um, and then finally Paradise Lost, which has been described as Game of Thrones in Themyscira before Wonder Woman is born, though, so there won't be any Wonder Woman, or at least not, not during most of the run of the show. Maybe they'll have her be born at the end of the night, and your name will be Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just going. But interestingly, Gal Dote is producing the show. <clears throat> is... Yeah, that's very peculiar. Yeah. Because I'm like, does that mean that she, like, she still plays Wonder Woman in the in the new DCU? I mean, I guess she looks she looks young enough. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, yeah, because um, when asked... <clears throat> sorry, I didn't get over a sore throat, but... Um, when asked which of the actors would be coming back, they said, some we don't know, we've talked to Gal, she's up for doing some stuff, we're not sure what we're going to do with that, all I can tell you right now is, really is that both Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck are not going to be a part of the universe, so, big hard nose on those two. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman, I, here's, here's, here's my, 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 to use a football analogy, here's my sideline theory here. I think... They like Gal, but I don't think they like Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Because I've heard rumors that, like, Patty Jenkins is very hard to work with. And I think they maybe want to keep Gal as Wonder Woman. Maybe they don't want to work with Patty Jenkins. Mm -hmm. So I can see them maybe, like, being like, okay, let's just keep Gal on the sidelines for now as Wonder Woman until we can find a project and then a director that could, like, come aboard and do a new movie with her. So... We'll see. I could be wrong, but I mean, Cal's great as Wonder Woman. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm up. Like, depending on how the costumes in this new universe look, color-wise, I would maybe update her costume. But yeah, that's really. I just I hope they really go into more the the Greek mythology of it all too. Like, mm-hmm. like have her fighting all these you know monsters and centaurs and whatever. And like, you know, that's that's something we didn't really get from the. First two Wonder Woman movies, yeah, um, and that's a big part of like you know the whole Wonder Woman lore. Like, I'm glad they're going into Themyscira, and maybe we see some of the Greek gods and stuff, and that will all be really cool. I think to see as kind of a big HBO Max series. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and that's pretty much DC slate. Well, I think it's very possible more product titles are going to get added and then there's also video games that he mentioned we're going to tie into both the movies and the shows so but those are different like a video game averages around like anywhere from like three to six years in a development cycle depending on the, uh, the game and whatnot so um i think those will be coming a little bit later down the road but i'm very curious to see like what other projects get added here um, mm-hmm. I think, like, if I had to guess, I would say, like, the obvious one would be, like, if the Brave of the Bold has the Bad Family, like, do some stuff with Nightwing and do some stuff with Batgirl. Like, bring Batgirl, do an actual Batgirl movie that you could be happy about, I guess, but we'll see. And then, obviously, like, Swamp Thing, I think they're gonna, I, I seriously think Swamp Thing's gonna feed into a Justice League Dark. I, if it doesn't, I will, I don't know, I'll come up with a very good bet for that, but I, I, I feel like it's a safe assumption. Okay. Uh, speaking of the Batman, uh, Colin Farrell confirms that the Penguin will have an eight-episode count on HBO Max. So, eight episodes is good. Don't overstay your welcome. Don't be like Marvel and do like ten episodes for like three of them are just filler. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So. Do we have a release date for Penguin yet? I don't think so, no. I I have to. I'm going to say 2024, though. I feel like it's yeah. 2024. Because if yeah. the Batman is coming out, or the Batman Part 2 is coming out October 3rd, 2025, I can see it being 2024 just to satiate people. Because I think people are going to start to be like, why is it taking so long for a sequel to the Batman? So if you put it out next year, that would be, that would be good. That would be wonderful. Just give us some Batman content in the meantime. Yeah, keep people tied over. Um, I'm yeah. just seeing if there is a release date. I doubt it, but... No, yeah, yeah last I read, I think it was just going into production. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, most are saying late 2023. So, yeah, if I had to guess, like... Okay. I was actually... No. Maybe December. <laughs> I, I was gonna... I was like... The Batman came out in October. I'm like, no, it didn't. What the fuck am I thinking? Like, it was like early on this year. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I could see it being like in October, October 2023, or 2024. Sorry. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, actually, early 2024 would be would be realistic too. Actually, sorry, I was I think like late 2023 because they're they've been filming it now for a while, so. Presuming that your post-production is going to be, like, let's say six to eight months. Yeah, that would put it, like, late 2023. Maybe December-ish. Yeah. Well, that, you know, who knows, right? Like, if you do it, like, outside of our Christmas time, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have it snowing in Gotham or whatever. (laughs) And then just, you know, uh, when uh, Crave or HBO Max is, like, do their little sections of Christmas content, they can just start putting it in the Penguin. As a Christmas mm-hmm. So. Cool. Um, yeah, because, like, he... Colin Farrell signed on to star in that December of 2021, and then they've been doing pre-production for most of, of 2022, so... Yeah. I feel like it, it's it's coming relatively soon. It'll be interesting to see if we get a trailer, like, this summer, I think, would probably be the most likely. Okay. Oh. Alright, some non-comic book movie stuff, but still some cool stuff nonetheless. Bad Boys 4, officially in the works. And I I, I know everyone's not, not the biggest fan of Will Smith out there, but I loved how Will Smith and Martin Lawrence announced Bad Boys 4 on Instagram. Did you see the post that they made? I didn't see it, no. All I saw was the poster. Uh, yes. Maybe like a video or... It was really funny. So, um... Will Smith, like, just gets in his car, and he's filming himself as he's driving, he's like, I can't wait for you guys to see what I announce, and then, like, and then he goes up to Martin Lawrence's house and just knocks on the door, and he's like, it's about damn time, and he's like, ah, it was actually really funny, I was, I'm like, you know what, say to Will about Will Smith, he's maybe a problematic person, but, yeah, you know, the trade's, ever, the trade's announced, too, so it, it is official, but, yeah, uh, bring back the directors from the first, or from, not from the first, but from the last Bad Boys movie, which, Funny enough, it was Bad Boys 3, but they called it Bad Boys for Life, and I kind of wish they had just, like, saved Bad Boys for Life for this one, and they could have been, like, Bad Boys, the number four, life. So now they got to figure out what's going on. Oh, that one was so much better. Yeah, use, like, the number four, like, four life. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? You're going to have to oh, do something with the, the four. Do you ever watch the last Bad Boys movie? You know, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I did not okay. see it. I still need to do it. Yeah. yeah. It was, I, I've seen the original, too. I just, I, I, I never got around to seeing the new one. Yeah. I'm going to watch this. There, there's a very specific plot point from the end of the last movie that I feel like they're going to pick up in this one. But we'll see. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sir Ridley Scott is working on Gladiator 2, and it gets a a pre-Thanksgiving 2024 release date. Now I have to look this up because I'm like, what exactly is a pre-20, a pre-Thanksgiving release date? I assume that's like early October. Well, as you know, probably early November because we have our Thanksgiving earlier than the U.S. Um, November 22nd, 2024. So, yeah. Why are they doing a second Gladiator? I don't know. <laughs> The first one was so good. Where, where do you even pick up from that? Uh, this is what the plot point will be. Um, uh, it'll follow Lucius, the son of Connie Nielsen's Lucilla, the nephew of Commodus, played by Joaquin Phoenix, and the son of Roman leader Marcellus, Marcus Aurelius, 
who was murdered by his brother so he could seize the throne. The character is one that we first met as a child in the first Gladiator. Uh, I assume it's not the same child actor, though. No. It's a... <laughs> It's a actor called Paul Mescal. Oh, Mescal. okay. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, it's it's a true sequel in the sense that, like, yeah, it, it yeah, there's going to be no Maximus, no Commodus. Well, who knows? People can appear in the dead, so. I mean, Ridley Scott's been very hit or miss the past few years. Hopefully the Sword and Sandals will be a hit. Usually does good with those. In the yeah. movies, although except for that whole um, the Egypt one, the Bible one, yeah, uh, I don't remember the name. That was bad though. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully he's got it in him. Yeah, I hope it doesn't ruin like the whole legacy and reputation of the first one. True. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like, I don't. Uh, I mean. The funny thing is, is like out of all of Ridley Scott's movies, I feel like Gladiator is probably his most like accessible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of dude bros who really liked that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, compared to like Blade Runner and Alien, which I like those movies, but I would argue those movies are not quite like the kind of movies that most the general population enjoy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then last up, Dexter New Blood won't get a second season, but a young Dexter prequel series is very likely. So, boy, oh boy, Dexter, just keep on going. Did you ever watch New Blood at all? No, I didn't see the, it was the eighth season, right? Yeah. Or no, or yeah. Okay, technically it was like a new series, but like, yeah, it, it kind of acted like a new, a new season of the show. Was it just one season? Yeah. Yeah. Is it worth watching? It is. It is good. Yeah. Um, I think it's very predictable. Like I think you can watch it and very, like, very much be like, I can tell where this is going. But it's still pretty good. So. Okay. I watch. I, I think I, I watched the original Dexter, and like the first four seasons thought were like good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like five, six, seven were pretty bad, but it was, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll watch New Blood. I don't know about this young Dexter. It kind of sounds like young Sheldon or something. Like, <laughs> it's going to be like a little little kid serial killer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I personally, I don't, for me, like Michael C. Hall is Dexter and them. Yeah. Them doing like a young Dexter I'm not going to say what leads up to that, but, like, them doing a young Dexter, personally, is just not my cup of tea, but we'll see. Cool. Well, that was a very long news segment, longer than it has been in the least last couple of weeks. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to review some stuff, and then we're going to go also recap The Last of Us, episode three, back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. Alright, we're back. Just a couple of movies to review. Um, although both relatively big movies, I guess, in the sense that, like, I'm sure they're probably going to draw some crowds. Uh, the first is the latest M. Night Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin. And, you know, with me and uh, M. Night, it's always a question of is this a good M. Night Shyamalan movie or a good, or sorry, a bad M. Night Shyamalan movie? And the answer to this one is it's kind of a meh. Kind of a meh. I don't know. I didn't quite fully love this movie, and I didn't quite hate it either. Um, yeah, I think the problem with this movie is, like a lot of M. Night movies for me, the dialogue's very stiff, very awkward. Um, I think M. Night Shyamalan, he has these like very grandiose and big ideas, and then I think when it comes across in the dialogue, it doesn't always come across. So it's like, you know, it's like a toddler trying to like 
describe the Bible to somebody, you know, it's like, I, I feel like something gets lost in the dialogue. Um, also, too, like, the plot and characters are, are pretty shallow in this. Um, I don't know, like, there's, there's definitely some very on-the-nose parts to the story where you're like, oh, clearly these characters are such and such, and then the movie confirms it, and you're like, it's not that big of a twist. Although I will say this movie did have a very interesting thing where, like, obviously M. Night Shyamalan, his, he's very much known for the twist, the subversion of, of your expectations. And for once, he didn't do that in this movie. I was very surprised of, like, it was more of a twist that he didn't have a twist. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised by that because there's this whole thing about the movie about uh, kind of to give a non-spoilery synopsis, like, these four people show up at a cabin, which is uh, being uh, used by uh, a queer couple and their adopted child, and they basically hold the couple hostage, and they basically say that the end of the world is coming, and, yeah, like, so you think that, like, there's going to be something where it's like, oh, these people are crazy or something like that, but then, no, but the end of the world does start happening, I'm like, oh, okay, like... I was just very surprised that it went with the the, the non-twist twist. Um, yeah, so there was that. And also, like, as much as I didn't like many of the actors, I was actually very surprised, by the way, to see Rupert Grint, I think his name is. Um, he played uh, Ron in the Harry Potter movies. He shows up in this, and I was like, wait, he's in this? It's very surprising. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave Bautista, like, really does act his heart out in this, and you can tell he was trying. Did I necessarily think all the other actors were doing their best? No, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's like a 6 out of 10. It's, it's rough around the edges. There are some redeeming qualities to it, but I think, by and large, you can probably wait till this hits in Netflix or whatever other streaming service it's going to go on to. I would maybe not rush to the theaters for this one. Uh, and then last up for reviews is 80 for Brady. This is a, uh, based on a true life story of these four women who, uh, go to the Super Bowl and get to meet Tom Brady. And you think maybe this is just a very simple, boring movie. It was actually surprisingly heartfelt, quite funny throughout. Uh, yeah, I said in my box review, just like Guy Fieri's brisket, you want to go back for more. It's a, it's a good enough movie. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to rewatch this again anytime soon, but it was a good time. It was very, very heartwarming and cute and funny. And sometimes, too, like, they definitely, like, these are some older actresses and stuff, and they were doing some stuff with them, I was, like, kind of surprised. I'm like, okay, you're taking these characters in directions I didn't expect you to, but... Yeah. So, I give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, it's all a reliable watch this weekend if you need something to watch okay we're gonna take one last quick break and then we're gonna talk about the last of us episode three hey spark have you listened to the newest album by smash mouth no i haven't gotten my copy yet oh man it's the bomb Somebody oh i heard they were gonna use this for that new movie with mike myers shrek it's okay i mean it's no walking on the sun though Ah, the ghost! I'm the ghost of What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on, in fact. Why don't you go to HTTP? Colon forward slash forward slash get Amazon music dot com forward slash 
so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? Alright, we're back. Let's talk about The Last of Us, which, Adam, the last couple of episodes you haven't been on, so you, we haven't gotten your takes on The Last of Us yet, but you've been watching it. What do you think of it so far? I've been watching it, yes. Uh, I think it's one of the best video game adaptations I've, I've ever seen. Um, I think I still like the games better, but this is a very good adaptation. Um, um, Pedro Pascal as Joel is great. Um, I, think I, I, I like Bella Ramsey as Ellie. It's, it's a different Ellie, but I think she plays it well enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, the first two episodes, really good. The, the third one lost me a little bit, but still very good. Yeah. The third one was very long, too. Like, it was almost an hour and a half long. Yeah. Um, yeah. And considering the side story. Most of it is, yeah, side story. I was very surprised. Um, yeah, so, like, the third episode... Well, I guess spoilers here on now for that episode. You should have seen it already. But, like, focuses on um, the story of uh, Bill and Frank, who, in the games, you come across Bill, and Frank is already dead. So, it's a little... Um, it's something that, like, you, in the games at least, like, you never get to know Frank. You just kind of can take away that, like, Bill's gay and he had a, a lover named Frank. But in this, like, Frank and Bill get, like, the entire episode. But what's interesting is, like, if you've played the games in the back of your head, you're like, we know something happens to Frank. Mm-hmm. But in this, it was a lot. They changed it up quite a bit where, whereas in the game, Bill sticks around for quite a while and helps out. Joel and Ellie. Uh, in this one, he still helps him, but through uh, later on after his death. So, um, but did you? What did you? Did you feel like you you bonded with Bill and Frank over that you know, 30, ninety minutes episode? A little bit. I mean, here's the thing. I, I really liked like Doom Prepper Bill. I thought that was all great. Yeah. I thought it was a little too unrealistic that like. Just the very first person he meets, like the first guy who falls into his his pit, is like, is this super nice guy and like the guy he ends up falling in love with, you know? Like, I, I haven't really gotten a sense of danger from The Last of Us, but but danger from like other people, you know? Like, I always like the idea that like the, the people are more you have to be more scared about than the zombies, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not really feeling that with the show, and especially with, like, you know, it's just the nicest guy happens to stumble into his trap first. It's like, it's, it's little, like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's a little unrealistic, yeah. Like, it would have been nice if you'd been like, I killed two guys last week or something like that, you know? Like, Yeah, a little something like, or how he's been surviving, or, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going through the years with him, and, I mean, it was fine. It was, um, I don't know, it's... It was a little weird how they first, like, they're playing the piano and how they first, like, just start kissing and stuff. And he's like, they're like, go take a shower. Like, we're gonna, it's like, I don't know. I'm like, eh, it's, I don't know. It's a little odd. Yeah. It was, like, a little too trusting right away. Um, but, I, I don't know. Yeah. The thing, too, I, I mean, the whole euthanasia part at the end of it, too, I, I don't know, I thought it was, didn't really land with me, or like, I get that, I don't know if he had cancer or something, he has some disease, or he's dying, Yeah. but it just came off as a little selfish, the whole way that he wanted to go out, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, you're gonna give me my perfect day, and we're gonna get married, and all this stuff, and then, like, I'm gonna die in your arms, and it's like, it's like, so then the other guy, he just has to wake up with, like, a dead body, and like, just has to deal with all that like yeah kind of like it's kind of shitty to the other person you know um but you know whatever i don't know and then yeah and then he kills himself too with him and i'm like well i don't know i I just think i would have done it where like just have frank just have him like get attacked by a zombie or something yeah and like die that way 
and then have it be like this tragic death for Bill, and then, yeah, then have Bill be the jaded asshole that still meets, like, uh, Joel and Ellie, and then just, just have him go out how he did in the games, like, helping them kind of escape, like, along their journey, and then, but he, he dies from zombies, too, and, you know, I don't know, I, I would have, I would have still done it kind of that way, um, I don't know, and the way they did it, it just doesn't seem as, like, necessary for, for Joel and Ellie's part of the story. Yeah. It's just kind of like, all this stuff happened, but it doesn't actually really matter to the overall story or plot. No. Like, I all that matters is that, yeah. I would have been okay with, oh, like, I, I get what they were going for with, like, having, like, Bill and Frank be dead. Because it kind of mirrors a little bit what happens in the game, which is, like, Joel just comes across Frank's body. Uh, and they just did that, but also included Bill. Which I think, like, what they were thinking was, is, like, okay, let's, like, have these two two lovers, like, basically just die in each other's arms. And then that's how it's found. That said, I think it would have been more interesting if, like, you kept Bill alive. But, like, because we as the audience spent some time with Frank and Bill you now have more context for that character. And now that character, you know, when you see him, he's not as one-dimensional as he is in the show, or in the game, sorry, he's much more multi-dimensional because you've seen how his relationship with Frank goes. I thought that yeah. was the route they were going to go, but they didn't. Um, I was a little surprised. Yeah. I also kind of thought, yeah, the thing that they were going to do different was not kill Bill and, like, keep Bill alive for more of the show. Yeah. Um, well, I would have liked that. Because I think... Uh, I mean, unless I'm forgetting the game from I think Bill's fate is a little more nebulous. Like, he goes into a building to kind of hold up for a bit, but it's never quite confirmed if he dies or not. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. You know, the acting was good. You know, the sets are good. Everything's good. But I liked, I liked Bill and Joel's chemistry a lot when they had that one interaction. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, but yeah, I, I kind of wish they kept Bill around. Um, I think they could have had Frank die in a different way. I don't know, the whole way they died together, it's like... I don't know, it's... Yeah, I, I would have written it differently, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, so what would you rate this episode? You know, I think I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. I'd probably give the first two like, around an eight or higher. Yeah, just for reference. Fair. Yeah, like I think I I give both the first and the second episodes like a nine, and then this one, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like a seven. It, it was. It also just went on way too long. Like this, like I said, I think the episode was not quite ninety minutes, but it was like 80, 81 minutes. But still, like very long for a TV episode. It could have been shorter. Like, as much as I like the Bill and Frank dynamic, I think they could have cut more. I think uh, Craig Mason, the showrunner, said there's like a four or six hour version of this episode, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and people are asking, like, put it on the deep of the ray or something. Like, oh, oh my no, God. No. Give us the Bill and Frank cut. Yeah, like... Six I'm hour like, story of Bill and Frank. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, very... Very nice that they have enough of that to work with, but I'm like, I felt like they kind of went a little too crazy with what was what they were doing with that. So I don't know. I think they could have definitely cut more and made the episode shorter than what it was. Like honestly, this episode could have been like an hour. It didn't need to be 20 minutes longer than that, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe people are gonna disagree with me on that, but yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Peace.